Hey everyone, welcome, and thanks for being here, and thanks for being there. So, today I'd like to talk about something fun, something I've been interested in my whole life and something I contemplated a lot, and on which I've got some perspectives which may be interesting, which may be challenging, and which may leave you wondering what the heck to think about it. If anything, and that's kind of my point, there are some things that aren't worth thinking about, and we'll get to that. So, subject of the day is math. And no, that doesn't mean you're here to do uh, some equations, to do some homework, although we will talk a little bit about equations. I'm here to talk about the principle of math. Math being perhaps one of the sciences that uh, makes us human, that our human intellect is capable of understanding and that a lot of philosophers in the past put a lot of stock in. You know, going back to the Greeks, the Pythagoreans in particular, who philosophized that, you know, everything is math. Everything is numbers. Everything can be explained through geometry and calculations. And, you know, I have an interesting perspective on this because of the perspective I come from. Now, having disengaged from my own need to identify through mind in any way in 24, since 2014, it's allowed me to contemplate things from a big picture perspective and a feeling perspective and also from not having to know anything as an ultimate reality and a practical reality a lot of the time in life because it then frees us up to accept the moment, to deal with the actual reality of what's going on around us, and to the notion that we won't ever understand everything, perhaps that we can't understand everything, and to that end, within math, we can't understand everything. And yet we can use math in a very real and practical way. And it ties in with exactly what we are, material beings within an energetic universe. There's energy within us, flowing through us, within every particle of our being, between the atoms and energetic particles, the strings of our being, if you want to go down the string theory avenue. And here we are, each of us being an entire being. When I look at myself in the mirror, I see one Steve, one whole Steve. I can see, I can see everything that I am, physically, right there in the mirror. And yet, if you study quantum math, quantum, quantum physics and mechanics, you can be led down the portal of thinking that as we look at our individual components and we get smaller and smaller and smaller, math and theory will show us and tell us that there's so much space between the particles that make us up that there's more space than particles and that you aren't actually a material thing in the end. And yet there you are. You can look and see the entirety of your being at any given time. And so there can't be an infinite amount of space between your particles because you're there. And what I'm getting at is even in religious terms and contexts, you know, there's this talk of you, you know, you are an infinite being. And what is meant by that? What is meant by infinity? How can we even 
talk about it if we can't conceptualize it and it can't be identified. We can't actually look at it and say there is infinity. It's like saying, where's the edge of the universe? It's, you know, wherever you think it might be, you take one more step and then there it is. You know, or what's the biggest number? Well, there can't be one because as soon as you think you have it, you add one to it. And yet, it's utterly fascinating that the mind goes there in trying to explain the unexplainable. And that's what math is to me. Math, like I keep saying, and science are a limited perspective on everything because they are a limited perspective that is born within us. There would be no understanding of math without us being alive and having evolved a human intellect, a human self-conscious mind, which was capable of looking at the world around, reducing it to information, and then comparing that information with itself. But there will always be something lacking in math. Always. Now, the positive side about using math is that we are highly intelligent to the point where we can do calculations and we can have them be so reliable that the probability of predicting something, the probability of programming something, is so high that the chance of it being stable and reliable is very good. And we, we use that information on a day-to-day -day basis in the material world. You know, we're very good at predicting what's going to happen, predicting how to make things, predicting how to stabilize, you know, elements that we put together and recombine into things that we use in our everyday life. We're good. We're very good at that. But that doesn't mean that math can figure everything out, explain everything, calculate everything. That math can be the explanation for the universe. Because, and I'm going to tell you, this is the kicker. Within math, we have this crazy thing called the irrational number. And the irrational number, of course, you know what it is. It's um, that number which never ends. Pi. 3.14159 blah 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 blah. And I don't want to keep saying any more numbers because there's actually no point to saying any more numbers because... I would never stop, and I don't want to be in this podcast repeating a number over and over till the day I die. I've got a life to live, and it's way more important than understanding math. Way more important. And the thing about these irrational numbers is that we do use them in math. We use them to predict things. We, do, we use them in probabilities. We use them in formulas. And yet, that formula can never have an exact balance and outcome when we use these irrational numbers, because they don't have an end. Writing the equation would never end if we actually use the whole irrational number. So what we do with our human mind and the math that uh, we create is we cheat. We cheat. We round numbers off. We um, end up just going with the high probability and saying close enough. And we do really well at that. That's the amazing thing about math and science. We do extremely well at that. And I'll... I have no problem admitting that. In fact, I'm fascinated by it. But I'm also struck by the fact that we can never know. We can never know. And the point of this is that the human mind can know so much. 
And we have gotten to a point where we know so much. We've created so much information out of the world by subdividing it, by comparing it, by compartmentalizing it. And it has served the purpose of building the civilization that we see around us. It's very fascinating. You know, the vehicles we build, the technology we build, the places we can travel to that we couldn't before. It's, it's utterly fascinating, but there's always a consequence to it. As I've explained in other episodes. But getting back to the math of it, here's how we, I, you can put it into, here's how I put it into a very tangible, real form of why we don't have to know that last little bit, which is that bit of an infinite number that keeps getting smaller and smaller, but keeps going on and on. Because in a very real way, that is the infinite you. That is the energy inside of you that's constantly there, but isn't definable. It can't be compartmentalized. It can't be put down into equation. We can't even capture it at the moment of death. We can't go, oh, there's where the energy went. It's right there now. It's fluid. It's shifting. As you breathe and take energy in and give and use energy up, it's shifting. And there's no math that can account for that. And that's a beautiful thing. And not knowing is a very beautiful and powerful thing. You know, Socrates, when challenged back in the day, you know, when a bunch of philosophers were, were, were supposed to come before the king and, and prove to the king why they were the wisest of the philosophers, Socrates eventually just said, you know, I believe I may be the wisest of the wise because I know how much I do not know. And that's fine. In fact, accepting not knowing is extremely liberating and empowering. And this exercise I'm talking about with math here, this thought exercise is very, very powerful. Oh, and as I was getting to a tangible example, you know, when I was first doing math, you know, I realized my rational mind was very good at it. I was good at conceptualizing. Um, I'm going to actually say because I'm male and I have more masculine energy than feminine energy within this body and, you know, numbers, material form, being attributed to a very masculine thing, I was very adept. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed organizing. I enjoyed thinking on that level. And so it made a lot of sense. But when it came to the irrational numbers, even when I was young, I was like, what the heck? What? But, you know, how can we just chop them off and say good enough, you know, to use in this formula? How can we look at a circle and then divide it a certain way and come up with pi? And that's the amazing thing. If you draw a circle on a piece of paper, you look at the circle, you can see the whole circle. It's right there. You can measure the circumference. You know, you can put a string around it and then straighten the string out and measure it and you know the actual circumference. You can calculate the area. And yet when you divide it a certain way, you come up with this number called pi which is an irrational number. Now, how can that pop up from within an object that you can see the entirety of? <laughs> well, there's the magic. That just goes to show that within everything, there's an element of infinity. There's an element of depth that we can't understand. Because you can draw that circle, or, or you can have a ball, a sphere, and you can see the whole damn thing and yet you can do math on it. You can perform mathematical equations on it. And those mathematical equations will lead you to 
something that never ends, an infinite number. Now, I would try and tell you to think about that a whole lot, but there's no point to it. You don't have to know, and there's no way to rationalize it. The rational mind can't get to the end of the answer. And that's why I started with saying, you know, if you look in the mirror, you can see you. There you are. There you are. All of you. The material you is there. Everything you're feeling is happening right there as you are being within the material self. The mind, you may or may not be thinking anything. It doesn't really matter. Although I'll say that if you're thinking, there's a chance that you're taking away from the feeling of who you are for just being. Or you're making yourself feel something because we can feel in one of two ways. It can either just be allowing our senses to perceive and then without any thought, just go, oh, this is how my body feels in this this space of where I am right now as me, me being whatever this feeling is right now. Or we can feel from thoughts. We can have a thought and then that thought inspires a feeling. You know, you think about someone that you like, wow, it's good. You think about something you like, wow, it's good. You think about something negative or something someone said about you and you can feel bad. Those things aren't real. Those feelings don't have to happen because they are predicated on the fact that you believe the thought that's in your mind. But as you look at your entire being, again, to this day, I'm just, it blows me away that I can understand that We don't need to know how to justify it, but the fact that the infinite is within our finite self is just fine. In fact, that's natural. That's the way all things are. And the way that manifests itself is in you being through time. You don't know how long you're going to be here. And while you are here, you're feeling of just being is kind of an infinite thing. It's not bound by space and time. You won't feel it once you're gone. But in this moment, there's no equation that can tell you how you feel as who you are. And that is the math we don't need to understand that kind of explains everything. And that's why when people get talking too importantly about math and science, I like to interject and go, you know, that's all fine. Humans have done very well at getting to a point where we can explain a lot of things. And yet we can't explain the the last little degree of things. And we never will be able to. And, you know, Einstein pointed to that as well. You know, he's got a few famous equations. He did discover, I think, some very basic elemental equations and balances within the universe and those things exist within us as well but he was also a philosopher and his favorite thing to do was thought experiments which is also mine contemplating things without having to come to an answer and just wondering if there's an explanation for what is in the moment and what is in the bigger picture universal um ideas universal things For me, universal feelings, the feeling of being that is universal to all life, irregardless of form to me, is what's amazing because it's foundational. And once I know that, then it becomes respectful across all life forms. And you'll feel that once you respect it in yourself without having to know it or understand it. Because, you know, Einstein did understand a lot of things. 
But if you read a lot of his other writings, it has to do with being human. It has to do with love. Love being that thing that can't be put into an equation. It's not math. So while he was talking a lot about math and dealing with it, he was wise enough to be able to step back and go, there's one step bigger. And it's the piece that actually makes it all make sense. It's being able to know that we don't have to know all that much in order to experience it. After all, do you know how your body works? Do you know how your body heals? Do you know how it functions? No, not in its entirety. Can you know little bits and pieces? Absolutely. We've studied biology. We've studied chemistry. We've studied human psychology. We've studied human systems. You know, we've subdivided our body into all these systems. And then, you know, if you look at other cultures, there's energetic systems that have been studied and they're all fascinating and they all have a basis in reality because they have a basis in the reality of who and what you are, as I talk about. And yet, None of them can compartmentalize a human being to an equation on a piece of paper because there's an infinite aspect to you that can't be written down. And that's the beautiful part about being alive. That's the beautiful part about knowing that you don't need to know all that much. But it's also good to be so certain of it that you know when to use math, to use science, and when to realize it's reached its limit because we've, we're in a place in society right now where we don't know that and we're still pushing the realms of science in ways that won't actually lead anywhere beneficial because the only benefit would be is it is this progress capable of making a human being feel more human is the is the state of well-being of the human being improving or is it regressing and for a lot of humanity it's regressing and if you want to look at how it's regressing, look at the state, especially the mental health of the average human being. A lot of people suffer from mental stress of some kind. And that's why I do what I do is to help people understand that and alleviate it and do it themselves. Because that's where you can do everything I'm talking about here. You can analyze yourself. You can contemplate yourself. You can use this little thought exercise about who and what you are and gain such a deep understanding that you can transcend, transcend needing to know yourself as far as words, identities, math, science. And look at the world we've created and put it a little bit in its place. Look at where it actually does help when it does and look at it and see what the collateral damage of us having relied too much on these systems, having relied too much on mind, hasn't helped because as much as it can explain things, our mind is a reduced perspective on life. And I know that because once you stop the mind and expand your feeling of being, a lot of answers come up and sometimes they're unexplainable. I've had unexplainable synchronicities. I've had unexplainable... Um, dreams happen which were you know which helped me make a decision in the future based on having shown me something I can't explain that I was never looking for that I'm not special either but I can say there's less resistance within me that allows that what you might call infinite realm infinite energy of connection to communicate and I'm thankful for that because, my God, it makes feeling good. 
so much easier than it ever did when I was doing what most of us do, being my own worst enemy, being my own worst critic, and doing too much thinking, which didn't actually lead to a better feeling of being all the time. In fact, now that I'm on the other side of that kind of experience of living, I realize while in a practical way thinking led to some what I needed to do in day-to-day life, and that's just fine, without thinking so much about things, I would have done that anyway. You know, our minds are very strong and powerful. But when they're directed by feeling, when they're directed by that infinite realm, then we're in business. Because our feeling of being isn't diminished. In fact, it's expanded. And it's expanded into that feeling that's so hard to explain. So many have tried. So many will not succeed, including me. Because it can't be encompassed in words. Because words are a reduction of the energy that it's it's even taking me to say these words. They're being filtered through the mind. The mind is a reduced capacity of my entire being. In a way, words are math because they're just recombined components that are made tangible, made real. You know, a sound is real. The feeling of who you are isn't even a sound. It's prior to that. And so that's my take on math. Something I love, I'm very good at, I'm enamored with it on one level, but I sure do know where it belongs in my life and in life in general. Because math is cannot explain life. It cannot explain everything in the universe. It just can't. Because you cannot reconcile trying to explain something finite with infinite numbers. And if you get your head around that concept, you'll understand how to not understand something by letting it go. And it's something bigger than your mind that has to step in to let it go. And that's the beginning of how we let go of being reliant on our mind ultimately for anything and finding a real big breathing space that can dissolve anxiety, stress, and help us make better decisions in our life. That I know because I've experienced it for a long time now. So, go about your day, go about uh, being who you are, and never reduce yourself to an identity, to a mathematical equation, because you aren't one. Take care. Hello, fellow humans, and thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, Ever since I got this thing started, which was years in the making, I've been excited about uh, doing this and only this. It's what gives me the most pleasure in life is helping others help themselves. And it's actually what I know the best, despite all the other things I've studied for and uh, have had as careers, as experiences, as hobbies, as connections with life. This is it. So to that end, if you'd like to experience, if you'd like to support a very simple human doing this, it doesn't take much for me to survive. And anything over and above that that I ever make from this will always go back into helping others directly. And you can support me by finding me on Red Circle Podcasts, which may be where you're listening. Uh, There's donating information there. I also have an account with something called LibraPay, where you can find me 
as Steve Alat, or you can send uh, a donation through PayPal, steve at illuminatingthedisconnect.com. If any of those aren't sufficient or fail, send me an email. Again, steve at illuminatingthedisconnect.com. We can figure something out. And uh, thanks for listening. I really, really hope it helps. And if it does, do send me a message. Thanks for your support.